fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Oilers fans, this holiday season, there is a lot to celebrate. And Temperance Spirits has you covered, curating the best non-alcoholic beverages to keep the party going into the new year. As a small Edmonton-based business, Temperance is rooted in community and bringing people together. Available online, enjoy fast local delivery to your doorstep in the greater Edmonton area. Whether you're hosting this year's holiday party or looking for the perfect gift, Temperance Spirits is your go-to source for celebrating without the buzz. To make your holidays brighter, order your favorite non-elk drinks at www.temperance-spirits.com and score a festive 15% off with the discount code SDPN. This season, let the Temperance Spirits online store be your secret to scoring a merry and festive celebration. You can stay connected with them at, at Temperance Spirits on Instagram and Facebook. Yo, 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 yo! Game over Edmonton. We are back on the air. It's your boy, Avery here. And well, that game didn't go to according to plan. Now, did it? Edmonton loses 3-1 to one in Long Island to the New York Islanders. And I said to those of you fine folks waiting in the game over Edmonton chat, from eight wins in a row to three straight losses. That's a whole big can of yikes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is a massive can of yikes for the Empton Oilers for a team that is still chasing a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Thank you all for tuning in on a on a brown, a brown December night in Edmonton, Alberta. Once again, we're seeing minimal snow long term. Is that good? No. Am I a fan of the snow? No. But either way, either way. <laughs> Glad you're all here for Game Over Edmonton. I'm back in the chair for the next uh, couple of games here as the Oilers embark on their New York area road trip before heading out onto the Christmas break, and then they'll end their year in California. But this is a game in which special teams let this team down in multiple ways after a great start. I think we can all agree, for the most part, in the chat, the start was great. This game started off, Leon Dreisaitl, 13th goal of the year, immediately. Leon said, oh, game started? Boom, here we go. Leon Dreisaitl beats Elias Sorokin, less than five minutes in, and would you look at that? Edmonton's response to start this game was what this team needed after they came up flat, for the most part, against the Florida Panthers. It looked like they're going to get that rebound game against uh, after that loss to Florida in which they couldn't get much past Sergei Bobrovsky. But it wasn't meant to be as Edmonton just couldn't finish their chances. They got to the front of the net. The good thing in this game was they got to the front of the net they got chances on Sorokin in tight. They just couldn't beat him. And again, after Leon opens the scoring to make this a one nothing game, Connor Brown, he chips it. Connor Brown, now, 
I feel bad because, yes, we all know Connor Brown only has one point in this year. We know what his deal is. We know what his contract looks like. We know the cap hits. We know the bonus hits that he has. We know his bonus structure. And Connor Brown just cannot put a puck right now past the goaltender. He hits the post here in the first period. Again, Brown's trying to figure this thing out. And it's tough. But at a certain point, you look at it it's like, man, the trying is good. But at a certain point, the endless trying in shots wide off the post, they have to go in. You don't win games for trying. You don't win games getting shots close to the net that don't go in. Eventually, these have to go in or something else has to change. And that was tough. That was a tough night to not see him get anything going. As that was one of the uh, issues there was Connor Brown's lack of finish. And also, I see you got some of the usuals in the chat here for Game Over Edmonton. MGD, what's going on? What chicken MGD? Always here. A loyal supporter of Game Over Edmonton. And really, and really all the Game Over shows. David W., we see David's around. The, the usual people are, have come into the chat on a Tuesday evening. That's the one good thing about Game Over. No matter what market, be it Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Montreal, Calgary, you're going to get those people who are going to come in and watch every single show, morning, noon, and night. Uh, MGD's point here. Brown had, a good, Brown had a couple of good chances, but that giveaway was horrendous. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Connor Brown, you know, in that first period, Connor Brown had, again, hits the post. And has a massive giveaway that turns into a breakaway from Matt Barzell. He can't score. That was a that was peak Stuart Skinner saving his bacon on that chance. That was peak Stuart Skinner keeping this team alive, keeping them in that game. It, it was the first period though, but man, if that play, if that turnover from Brown results in a goal. That would not have been a good look. That would have, been, would have been a tough look after what was already a challenging first period for Connor Brown. So Edmonton gets out of the first. I mean, they got out of the first period, up one nothing. That was, you know, you take it away. Hey, you know, wasn't perfect. It was good. But you know what? Hey, you're up after 20. The second and third. Uh, the second and third. It was a... It looked like the Oilers from the first few weeks of the season, which we heard the constant talk about, and we saw how this team would go forward and put together a really good 21, 22 minutes, and then have a really bad 40 minutes, or really bad 35.5 minutes. Things you cannot do. It looked like that again, where this team would regressed to having a really good 20 or a decent 20, and then the other two periods, wah, 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 wah. like that cannot happen. If this team wants to make up ground in the Western Conference, it that cannot happen. And before we get back just to the um, to the second period here, I want to bring up the Western Conference because again, we know for the wild card spots, 
It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a challenge in a league in which the teams above you aren't dropping off hard. The teams above you are still finding ways to win. Or they're finding ways to get the overtime points. Right now, Edmonton, 13-15-1, 27 points in the Western Conference. They're 11 points behind LA for third in the division, in the Pacific Division. And look at the wildcard chase right now after tonight's game. Edmonton, uh, they sit right now. The Coyotes at 30. Arizona at 32 points. Edmonton sits at 27. They're five points back. They need to close that gap again. Being three back, you're not there yet. But being three back opposed to five back, it looks better. You got, again, it's obvious. Less work to do. And this is a game in which you needed to have. You need to get some momentum going back against an Islanders team that themselves are trying to hang on to a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. So that was a tough, tough game for them to drop. And now they take on New Jersey before wrapping things up against the New York Rangers in, in New York. Like that, Alicia Keys? Like that? <laughs> before they wrap up their, their trip on... Um, in Madison Square Garden. So, again, finishing a chance is going to be a really big thing against the New Jersey team that themselves are trying to figure out what the hell is happening with their season. So, that's going to be a, certainly a game to keep an eye on for all come Thursday evening. <clears throat> and back this one, though, second period. Edmonton's special teams just... Edmonton's special teams tonight was just lacking so much. When it came from the penalty kill, unable to really stop much from San, from, um, courtesy San Jose from New York, I mean the Islanders, Anders Lee tied this team up to make it a 1-1 game. And really, that was a goal in which Puck squeaks through through his pads and Cody Cece and, Cody Cece and Darnell Nurse had to be better on the coverage there on that goal as Anders Lee jumps up into the play, makes it a 1-1 game. And, again, Bo Horvat, he makes it a 2-1 game, a uh, power play goal. New York, New York Islanders, offensively, were just getting things right on special teams. And, again, too many, for Edmonton, in this frame, too many turnovers allowed. Too many odd man chances were given up by the Edmonton Oilers. Like, this could have been, this probably could have been more than a 3-1 loss for the Oilers. Probably could have been more. Simon Holmstrom makes it a 3-1 game on a shorthanded goal on odd man rush, 2-on-1. Turnover on an Edmonton power play leads to a chance in which Simon Holmstrom makes no mistake to make this game a 3-1 hockey game after 40. Everything that could go wrong in that second did go wrong, from penalties to the special team just not looking alive. And we saw again... Edmonton, I know it's the bread and butter of this team's power play. We all know it is. That pass to dry side. One good, the good thing about New York, I'm sorry, if you're a New York fan, what you saw, they were able to neutralize that pass to dry side. And really, it seemed like that was Edmonton's only real option that they were considering on the man advantage. They looked lost when that pass to dry side 
wasn't clicking or it wasn't working, be it the puck being deflected, being the puck being knocked away, be it just Leon whiffing. This team tried to spam that a bit too much, and other resources on the power play tonight just were not there. A troubling look as Edmonton goes 0-4 on the uh, man advantage tonight. And if you're Chris Knobloch, if you're Paul Coffey, if you're anybody else, that was a very frustrating game to coach, a frustrating game to watch, now a frustrating game to break down, really, when you want momentum to be restored, especially after, again, that first five minutes of play in which it looked like things were clicking. It looked like things were getting back on track for Edmonton after dropping three straight games at home, after and after dropping games in which you were facing teams that are were just straight up hungrier than you, in that in that standing, that was just not an effort you wanted to see. And then the third, of course, we saw there was no scoring in the third period, but once again, Edmonton had their chances and just couldn't make it work as we go. Into a bit of this stats here. Like this was off the top. Edmonton looked like it was week one, week two of the NHL season, where nothing worked, nothing was clicking, be it the power play, be it the penalty kill. And a great comment here uh, from MGD. Three rushing goal, three rushing goalies, three losses for the Oilers. Yeah, that's that's quite the stat. That's actually quite the stat. Edmonton has played. Three rushing net miners in a row and lost to all three of them. I I gotta Google it. I gotta look into that. That has to be a record in the NHL to lose three games straight, three different teams to three different Russian goaltenders. That's gotta be a record some way somehow. Like I don't know if that's ever happened before in the NHL. I really do not know, but that is a actually. Uh, fascinating stat brought up by MGD. That's actually very cool. I mean, if you're an Oilers fan, it's not a cool stat. But in general, if you're a hockey fan, that actually is very cool. Yeah, I have the power play statue. Edmonton goes 0 for 4 on the power play. Numbers on turnovers actually weren't that bad. It was 6 turnovers to 5 in favor of, of Edmonton. But uh, just in general. And then one of the bigger things we saw. The block shots. The Islanders tonight got in front of shots. Limited, they limited what Sorokin saw his way. They limited what came by Sorokin. I mean, yes, Empton got 30 shots on net, but they could have had way more. The Islanders were 22 shot blocks to Edmonton's 8. And we know, we know you don't want to be blocked. Shot, we don't, you don't want to be shot blocking all game long. We know the old adage. If you're shot blocking all game long, guess who has the puck? Not you! <laughs> so I know that adage, but they were able to, in many ways, turn away some grade-A chances by Edmonton. And again, limit what got on net. Limit what got through traffic. It was a major aspect of their success tonight. It really was. So it's a thing this team is going to have to figure out against New Jersey here on Thursday. Another comment. Uh, Anthony. Oh, Antonio. Antonio DiPaolo. On Long Island, you mean? Okay, so what's the difference? When I say on or in Long Island, I know I've heard I've heard both terms being used. I've heard both on Long Island 
and I've heard both in Long Island before. So is on is on the correct term? I'm just asking because I've heard I've heard both on and in Long Island in terms to describe when you're playing the Islanders. So just want to make sure we clear that up because yeah, I I want to make sure I get the correct terminology when I'm referring to when teams travel to play Long Island. Yeah, that's an old school. Oh, it's an old school term in itself right there. Traveling to play Long Island. You don't hear people. People refer to them as just Long Island anymore, but point being that again, now to wrap up this uh, 2023 portion of this road trip here, getting you got you have to at least get a point. You have to at least get a couple of points against the Island, against the Devils and the Rangers. Now this can't be a road trip in which you're getting nothing. You're getting zero points, and you know, hey, I'm not advocate for settling. For loser points, but you need something off this road trip here against New York and against New Jersey. Because at least, at least the one good thing, at least you're not giving up points to division rivals if you do split a game to the Rangers or the Devils. But you need something to keep up with the Arizonas and with the St. Louis's and with the LA's to get yourself back into a wild card spot. Or to get yourself into possible striking distance of third uh, spot in the West in the Pacific Division in the Western Conference, because right now being two game, being two games under 500 after that eight-game winning streak, it really it's not good enough. It is not good enough for a team with aspirations. And Dennis and Zach will say it's all the same as well too, of going deep in the postseason and trying to win a cup this year. The spot right now isn't good enough. It really isn't. I know with the roster freeze that's happening here um, for the next couple of the next for the next few days here for Christmas, no moves from Ken Holland, be it uh, up front, be it for a goaltender, and the watch continues now. What is the plan now for a goaltender with Ken Holland? That watch continues. That watch is on more. It doesn't look like there'll be any moves for Ken Holland to bring in a goaltender before the roster freeze. And really, it looks like any real move for a goaltender to be in tandem with Stuart Skinner beyond Calvin Pickard is going to have to wait until the new year. That's what it looks like right now. I don't see anything happening. I really don't. Even for the trip uh, to California. I mean, I would be surprised. I would be very surprised if we see a different goalie come. Excuse me. I'd be surprised if we see a different goaltender come in um, to re to replace um, Calvin Pickard. Because even, I know some might say, oh, California, do we see a return of Jack Campbell? Uh, I don't. I don't think we see Jack Campbell again in an Orleans jersey, possibly until 2024. Uh, that, that's my prediction. That's my prediction. We pay, maybe see Jack Campbell in January in, a, in an Orleans jersey. If things turn around in the AHL, because right now they're not going so hot, he's an eight. He's an under 890 goaltender in the AHL. It was already troubling enough when he was under 890 in the NHL. Now he's in the AHL, and the struggles are continuing in a major way. And again, unless things are looking up for Jack in, in Bakersfield, you can't call him up. 
We know Ken Holland talked about, you know, oh, it's going to be a week-by-week thing. But until things pick up, you cannot call him up. Bars. You can't. Like, you can't repeat having the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over again. So, I think the year ends with Stuart Skinner and Kelvin Picker as your tandem going to the new year. And please, if you disagree with me here on Game Over Edmonton, um, offer a rebuttal, a comment, you know, let me know I'm dumb. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let me know. Like, just, I would love to see here just you know, some thoughts on that. Just some opinions on that as we, um, we're going to start, we're, we're going to start winding things down. Hey, we're going to jump into the press conference. So, hey, if you got any questions, comments, please, by all means, uh, let me know. Let me know if, what your thoughts are going into the game against the Devils and against the Rangers, and any other games going on, let me know. I'm sure you, I'm sure, I'm sure Twitter has some comments. I'm sure the good old Book of Faces has comments. I'm sure you on YouTube have some comments as well, too. You want to get off your chest. I'm sure y'all got some things to say, and like always, if you like Game Over Edmonton, if you like all the content, if you like the SDP, if you like all different shows here, that we do on the network, be game over, and across the channels that literally go coast to coast, please toss us a follow, share the link, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your aunties, your uncles, your nieces, your nephews, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. Because, hey, we're just trying to give you some content to watch and enjoy after games, before games, during work, during school. You know, hey, if you watch Game Over during school and your teacher asks you why you're not paying attention, you know, hey, just tell your teacher that, you know, you had to stay up to date on what was happening from guys like Dennis, Zach, myself, and all of us here at SDPN. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is that a bad thing? Am I encouraging, am I encouraging delinquency among students when I say that? I hope not. <laughs> I hope no. We're just trying to we're just trying to give you some fun content to enjoy as the Oilers and every other Canadian team in the, in the NHL push forward as this season continues as we march along to the year 2024. And again, I I gotta point out, I gotta point out on Twitter, the comments. You know, <laughs> we give we give Zach a hard time about Adam Ernie. But I got to admit, it was very funny to see the tweet coming in when, the, when the, the lineups were announced on the fourth line that Ernie would be playing. Oh my gosh. The fact that we saw tweets going towards Zach that pointed out Adam Ernie was playing tonight. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a funny joke. Now, granted, Adam Ernie is a very nice guy, yes. But I got to admit... The the running joke, the running joke of Zach and Adam Ernie is still one of the funnier things I think hockey Twitter has. I before the year ends, before the year ends, I want to broker a peace summit. Well, maybe we'll have a, a a lunch or a dinner. We'll get myself. We'll get Zach. We'll get Dennis. We'll have a have a peace summit over maybe um, some soul fried chicken one day to just relax and and. Discuss, discuss life, discuss the Oilers. 
but it was it's very funny. It's a very funny running gate that happens here on Game of Edmonton when that gets discussed. And just seeing some of the tweets from people across Oilers Twitter during the game. And one of our you know what one of our past guests here, recent guests on Game Over Edmonton, Preston, made a great comment again on I think it was a hive mind. Preston Hodgkinson Hodgkinson of um, Daily Hive put out a comment here on on um on dry style on the power play where for uh, Preston's comment right here. If the first five attempts to get the puck to dry style on the five on three doesn't work, you should try another play. Like Ah Like it you we're I'm sitting here watching that thinking that. Preston is sitting here watching thinking that same thing about something else besides the cross ice pass to dry sidle, which wasn't working all game long. It was frustrating to see when the Oilers had a two-man advantage. It was very, very frustrating. And now it, it's just, there's, right now there's just too many question marks in terms of stuff in net, stuff in front of Stuart Skinner. We're here again with more questions than answers with this team as in what, in the second to last week of December? These questions should have been resolved to an extent after the eight-win streak. They should have been resolved to an extent. And the fact that we're, again, in the same place, in the same place again, after how many years of Dreisaitl McDavid on this roster, and yes, don't get me wrong, there have been improvements in different areas. Don't get me wrong. I've liked... This year, I've loved seeing what we've got, what this team has gotten out of the trio of Derek Ryan, Sam Gagne, James Hamblin. They have been absolutely contributors. They've absolutely been one of the bright spots outside of 97 and 29. But consistency in different areas that other teams are able to find to win has not been here in Edmonton. And that is a really, really troubling sign as a team that again needs to get some needs to get some more consistency going if they want to get back into the playoff race. So it's just it's a really, really strange spot that this team is in right now. And over there, and right now on the road, on the road, away from Edmonton, the Oilers away from Edmonton are in an ugly state. It's an ugly record with Rogers place. This team is 4-9-0 outside of Edmonton. I'll say it again. This Edmonton Oilers team with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Kane, Nurse, Bouchard, Ekholm, etc., etc., etc. They've won four games away from Rogers place. Four. That is not good. You cannot be that many games under 500 away from your barn and expect to be a consistent winning playoff franchise or get back into games that will help you out in the playoff race. 4-9-0. Four wins. That is... Ooh. 
That is troubling. That is... I'll go... Oh, you know what? In the division, the teams that have less than six wins in the Pacific Division right now, away from home, those teams are Calgary, Seattle, Edmonton, and San Jose. Those are the teams with less than six wins away from home. I kid you not. The Anaheim Ducks have more wins in the road. The Anaheim Ducks have more wins in the road. Anaheim, away from Arrowhead, is 7-9-0. Make that one make sense. <laughs> make that one make sense. The, the really good teams in Western Conference have far more than four wins on the road. They all, they all do. The contenders all, all have way more than four wins on the road. That is not good enough for Edmonton to have success. And again, you've got ga big games coming up after this road trip. You're playing LA, San Jose, Anaheim, all in California. All teams you need. All, well, San Jose, San Jose is, I mean, they're still not a great team. They're not perfect. They're not, they're not in the basement in terms of breaking records bad. They're still a bad team. But you got to find a way to beat the Sharks. Because the last time you were there, you lost, and that was the end of Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, that was a game that sunk Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. You better find a way to win here uh, to end the year as one of your last games of the 2023 portion of this calendar. you got to find a way to get that victory because, boy, it's going to be a tough look for this franchise if they go to San Jose this year, at the start of the year, and lose twice. That can't happen. That cannot happen. So, a very crucial time ahead is coming for the Empton Oilers before this year ends. And then um, 2024 starts up. Edmonton takes on Philadelphia, a team that's, a team that's playing well better than most expected. When this season began, and you had some real, you had some real challenges coming up when this, when 2024 rolls around. So the time to pick up points for Edmonton, the time to grab some points to grab that brass ring, is now. It really is. You cannot wait until you can't wait until February, March, to get those points again. Now, yeah, well, let's do a really quick breakdown of what Edmonton's. Um, like, first you give them 2024 look like. You're playing Philadelphia at home, Ottawa at home. Then you're on the road, taking on Chicago and Detroit. And these are games in which you should be able to get at least a point. Most of you, those games, you should be able to get two points. So, very important times for the Oilers going forward as this year ends, as January comes up very, very close on our calendars here. So, anyways... We're going to wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. I'm Avery, and we'll talk to you all again on Thursday night when the Oilers take on New Jersey. Have a wonderful evening. Have fun. And hey, like always, please like, subscribe, and comment on SDPN videos. Hope you all enjoy Game Over. We love making content for you. Until Thursday, we're out of here. Peace.